finisher and the author and finisher of our faith see he's the one that touched you he's the one that draws you he's the one that keeps you praise his wonderful day we got something to be excited about it's him praise god well praise god oh since i met his blessed said Savior and since he cleansed and made made me whole oh I will never cease never cease to praise him I'm gonna shout it while eternity rolls wow for he touched me
Terry reached the goal For the battle's almost over And we'll soon be going home I can hear the sound of angels As the saints go marching in Singing praises to the captain Of the Blood Wars Band Praise God, I'm a member of the Blood Wars Band I've been washed in the soul-cleansing blood of Master came and made me a member of the blood wash band. Praise God, I'm a member of the blood wash band. I've been washed in the soul cleansing blood of the Lamb. I was bound by chains of sin till one day the Master came and made me a member of the blood wash band. Scared and are advancing, marching till we reach the goal. For the battle's almost over and we'll soon be going home. I can hear the sound of angels as the saints go marching in, singing praises to the captain of the Blood Wars Band. Praise God, I'm a member of the Blood Wars Band. I've been washed in the soul blood of the Lamb. I was bound by chains of sin, till one day the Master came and made me a member of the blood wash band. I was bound by chains of sin, till one day the Master came and he made me a member of the blood wash band. soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb. I was bound by chains of sin till one day the Master came and made me a member of the blood wash band. I was washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. I was in chains. How about you? I got something to get excited about. I'm free. I'm free today because of Jesus Christ. I'm free. Praise. I'm free. Praise God. Jesus Christ to walk through this world because of him I'm set I'm set free wow glory I'm free wow glory praise God I'm a member of the blood washed band I've been washed in the soul cleansing blood of the Lamb I was bound by chains of sin till one day the master came and made me a member of the Chains of sin till one day the master came and made me a member of the blood wash band. Praise God! Praise God! You know the great.
thing about this two-hour drive down here? Give you one guess. Boy, does God talk to me. I thought to myself, my mom's been gone for seven, eight years now, and I said, I think I'm going to post on Facebook that, uh, you know, to my friends, like, uh, hug your moms today because I really miss my mom. And Jesus said, no. He said, thank me for the mother I gave you. And uh, just like that, it felt like it was raining inside my van. Stammering lips. And and I pictured myself testifying to you guys this morning. God wanted me to ask you, are you in love with him? Are you in love with him? Like Durant, are you in love with him like that? Does nothing matter in your life but Jesus Christ? Because until that happens, you're not in love with him. You know what else God told me today? Eli, this is your seat. This is your seat. I'm not going to be here forever. I'm 63 years old. It's a, it's a task. My, my health's falling apart a little bit, but I'm not giving up, so don't worry about that. But th- this is your seat. And uh, Heath? I don't have to say anything about that. You, you, you heard him sing. But if there's one thing in your life that's keeping you from really falling in love with Jesus. And God kind of told me this to tell you musicians that. And me. And me. I'm, this is serious. What we do here. This is kind of my uh, rah-rah for the musicians. I do this every once in a while. So uh, you folks don't know what it takes for so many people to get up here and be able to play as one sound. There's no heroes up here. There's no stars up here. But uh, if you hear one of us playing out of sorts, then there's something wrong because we want to make one sound for one person. And uh, we need your help, though, um, as much as you can give it to us. But um, if there's something in your life that you need to get rid of today, what a better day than do it on Mother's Day and fall in love with him like I fell in love with him because I don't care about nothing else but Jesus Christ and what he thinks about me I don't care what anybody thinks about me but him so fall in love with him today when peace like a river attended my way
this song means a lot to me personally. Um, the song's called There Was Jesus. A lot of times when you look back at your life, you kind of think to yourself, first of all, how, how in the world am I alive with how, with how the stupid, all the stupid things that I've done? And I don't deserve it. I don't, I don't deserve any of the grace God's given me. But I'm grateful for it, and I'm grateful that there was Jesus. Every time I try to make it on my own Every time I try to stand still to fall All the lonely roads that I have traveled on There was Jesus I built came crashing to the ground When the friends I had were nowhere to be found I couldn't see, I couldn't see it then, but I can see it now There was Jesus See it. Yeah. 
Mother's Day. Mother's been gone be seven years coming up. And uh, I miss her a lot, think about her a lot, think about when she was younger, how she put up with all of us kids. And, uh, but she was very faithful. She was very instrumental in me getting saved. I know my father would get up and go to every service there was, but when I got to a certain age, I ran from my father. I hid from him till he got gone. But Mama knew what I was doing. She knew what God was working on me. And Mama knows. Understand this. If you're here today and you came for Mama's sake, I want you to know something Mama already knows. She already knows where you're at, where you're at, what you're doing. She knows all about you. I got a simple message today. And... It ain't about Mother's Day, not necessarily, but it will have an effect on everybody here. Why? Because it's a truth that you're sitting there, whether you're a Christian or not, it is affecting you. It is a part of you. What am I talking about? I'm talking about something that every one of us know. I want to call this message you know. Now, that's a kind of an odd statement, but I'm going to tell you that's what God put on my heart. We already know. Now, you can say, well, I didn't know Christ until I met him. Yes, that's true. But God had made every one of us and put every one of us a measure of faith to believe. There's no way you can look at the sky and look at the world and look at the things that are beyond man's control over his head and tell me that there's not a God. Everyone here, including the people in the world that's not living for God, knows something's up. Isn't that true? And if you're here today and you don't know Christ, you know something's going on in this world. This world is not the same. This world is changing every day. It's not what you know. It's Christian I've been in church most of my life. Can I tell you? It's not what I know about things in the scripture. It's beautiful to know those things. It's beautiful to know what life's about. It's beautiful to walk with God and know what that walk of God is. But he knows us. And he knows right where we're walking. Sometimes we can fill ourselves up 
Mike was talking about musicians. You can have a good musical sound, but if you don't know Christ, you don't really know what you're dealing with. Because God is after every single heart. There's not a one of us that he's not dealing with. And he put that measure of faith even when you were lost and you didn't want to have nothing to do with God. It wasn't about what you knew. It was about the rebellion inside of you, just like the rebellion inside of me. Every one of us has been there and every one of us has gone through it. And if you don't uh, watch out, the enemy will bring you right back to it. And you'll be a, a person that's running from God. I want to read a scripture to start. It says in the 44th chapter of Psalms, and I want you to hear this. If we have forgotten the name of our God or stretched out our hands to a strange God, shall not God search this out for he knows the secrets of the heart? How many knows God knows? You know, we and you might not know what tomorrow holds, but can I tell you, our Heavenly Father knows. He knows exactly. Even Jesus said it's in the Father's hands to say when to go get the children. How many knows the Father knows all things? And he knows you. You came in here, you sat down. You may have one purpose, but God has another purpose. He wants you to hear something today that sticks with you when you leave here. And it'll stick with you to the day you take your last breath. And I got to tell you, nobody else will tell you about eternal life. There is no other God, there is no other way to find eternal life except through what God has made, the way of salvation through Jesus Christ. You have heard all your life, whether you know, know Christ or not, you've heard all your life that Jesus laid down his life and died for you. You've heard that all your life. You can't live in America and not say, I never heard that. God's gospel has gone out throughout the whole world. And yet, somebody said it the other day, there's not one nation standing today, anywhere you go in the world, that has righteous leaders that's leading their nation. I'm talking about people of God. You know what we're doing? We're turning it over to what we want. We're letting go of what God wants. We don't call upon God. I wouldn't want in a position if I didn't have God with me. I don't want to be nowhere without God because I know he's the answer. He's the reason I'm, I've got life to live. He's the reason i Married my granddaughter the other day, or her and her husband. Married them Friday. Can I tell you something? I can remember. I was looking at them. I was thinking, 50 years gone by so quick. Me and my wife, I remember us standing just like they were, shocked. Don't know what tomorrow holds. But we breezed through it. It's like, it's just almost like a little dream. And here we are. God knowed. He knew back then. When he began to be the instrument of putting us together, he knew what we were going to be. He knew every argument, every fight we've had. Some of them were doozies. I wouldn't tell you, but it ain't none of your business. <laughs> but you know what? God was gracious to us. God looked beyond our faults and saw what we needed. In Amos, the third chapter, I'm going to read this seventh verse because I want you to hear what the Lord said. He said, surely the Lord God will do nothing, 
but he reveals his secret unto his servants, the prophets. What am I talking about? God knows and God wants to reveal things to you and I. But if we're not his servant, he has a hard time laying it in your heart, laying it in your lap. How many knows? You want to know God? Get close to him. You want to hear from God? You want to hear his voice to you? Guess what? Get close to him. You'll find out that what you thought you knew, you really didn't know. There was something about following my father and mother to church. Then when God began to deal with me, all of a sudden God said, you ain't riding on mom and dad's skirt to heaven. You're going to know me yourself. I mean, here's what I'm saying. It's personal. You got to know God yourself. Mama can't get you there. I want you to turn to Hosea if you got your Bible, the sixth chapter. I put this on there last night and I wanted you to hear it. It's kind of a prophetic word. This scripture here, it comes out of the, a lot of prophecy people have read this scripture and, and they tune it to the end time. But I want you to listen to what he says in Hosea, the sixth chapter, the first three verses. He says, come and let us return to the Lord for he hath torn. Did you know God straightens people out, corrects people? He's been correcting me all my life. Don't feel bad if God's correcting you. That's because he loves you. If God don't love you, he wouldn't correct you. But he's loved me enough to correct me. And it says here, he was correcting Israel. And he said, for he had torn and he will heal us. He has smitten and he will bind us up. Then here's the prophecy part. After two days, will he revive us? In the third day, he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. Did you know a lot of us get that as the day's coming after two days. You know it's been 2,000 years and a day is it's 1,000 years in, in the eyes of God. And in two days, it's been 2,000 years since Jesus laid down his uh, life and died. He's coming back and the time is right in front of us. And if you know anything about what the world's doing, you know they ain't seeing it. They know something's up. They have a knowledge of something's happening. But they're not looking. They're not listening. They're not drawing close to God to be ready. And that's what he tells us we're to do in the last day. But it says here, after two days, he will revive us. And the third day, he'll raise us up. Sounds like the rapture. And he will, and we shall live in his sight. We have never lived in God's sight. But we're going to one day. Revelation tells it. So I believe this is prophetic. But then it comes to verse 3. Then shall, listen, we know. I want you to pay attention to the word we know every time I say it. Because it's in a lot of these scriptures I'm reading. It says, then shall we know if we follow on to know. Listen to what I'm telling you. You can say, I got saved one time and I never read my Bible. I don't know it, but I'm going to heaven anyway. I'm going to tell you right now, you need to follow on to know the Lord. You need to not only accept what's being told you as the truth of what God's uh, salvation is for every man, but then you need to follow on to know him. And if you don't know, and if you don't follow on, the enemy will take you right back where you're going. Right back where the old self runs you, not God. He doesn't become your savior or your Lord of your life. 
And you look at the church and you look at the people. Or you look at your mother and father and you think, oh, well, they're, they're just weird. They was born that way. They was born to act that way. No, they weren't. They come to their self. They come to their self. And they knew they needed God. It says you follow on to know the Lord. His going forth is prepared as the morning and he shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter rain, the former rain, unto the earth. What's that talking about? I believe it's talking about simply this. When you follow on to know the Lord, guess what? There comes a refreshing. There comes, it, it ain't a dead religion. This is not a dead relationship. Jesus will show up. The Holy Spirit will fill your life up. And every time you turn your head, you might say, Lord, I'm in this valley. I need help. God will help you. And all of a sudden, you're refreshed. You feel like you just got saved again. You're excited. You're jumping up and down. You're happy about what God has answered your prayers. That's following on. That's God sending the rain of the blessings of God that keeps on flowing. Granted, it don't get old. He don't go away tomorrow. You might have been happy today, but can I tell you, you'll be happy tomorrow about something else because you see God in everything you do and everywhere you go. If you're looking for him, if you follow on, if you keep holding on to him, guess what? He's going to keep on blessing you. He's going to keep on exciting you. That's what God does in Christians that follow on to know him. Romans, or uh, 2 Timothy, one verse. Paul said, you've all heard this, for I know whom I believe. I know. I know whom I believe. And I'm persuaded that he's able to keep me. Carl, he's able to keep us. I don't feel like I can keep myself, but he's able if I hold on to him. If I keep getting up and saying, you know what? I refuse to go back to that old man. I refuse to let the old man have my control of my life. I have made up my mind. I'm following Jesus every day. And if you know, if you do that, Paul said, I know in whom I believe. And I'm persuaded he's able to keep that which I committed unto him. Against that day. Against what day? Against the day that I should be judged for my sin. But Jesus took care of it. I know. Romans 8, 28. Another one you've heard all your life. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Called according to his purpose. All these things have things to do with what you know. You already know this. You know, sometimes I look at people and they've been a Christian a long time and they've never hardly got to a Bible study. They never hardly talk about the Word of God. And I think to myself, you still know. You still know it's the end time and he's coming soon. How many knows what I'm saying? See, I'm not trying to make you mad. I'm trying to stir you up a little bit. Why am I trying to stir you? Not to listen to me. I want you to listen to the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart. Because he's trying to warn you, you need to know the day that you're in. You need to know where your heart's at. You need to know if you're ready. You might get the same. You might get a, a call tomorrow saying, you're dying. Get your act, act together. Get your house together. What are you going to do? That is that. You're waiting for that day before you pray, before you decide, I want to know who God is. Right now, you have opportunity 
with the faith that God has already put in every person to reach out and say, God, I want to know who you are. I don't want somebody's religion. You don't have to join Full Gospel Assembly's book to get to heaven. You've got to join Jesus Christ in your own heart. And he will save you, lead you, teach you. And you know what? You can pass right by all the rest of us and just shout and have a good time. Because it's real. It's real. First Thessalonians 5. I want to read this, starting verse 1. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write to you. Listen to what I'm talking about now. Paul's telling the Thessalonians, of the times and the seasons, brethren, you don't have no need that I write to you, for yourself knows perfectly. Listen to him. He's talking to the beginning churches. He's talking to the first generation of churches. But he tells them, you already know, he said, yourself knows perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. Do you think God's going to stand up there in the cloud and say, hey, you all, put your stuff together. I'm taking you home. No. There's going to be a twinkling of an eye, and those that's ready will be gone. And you ain't going to have another opportunity. And you know what? That's not Tim Pruitt's ideal. Read your own Bible. Read your own scripture and find out what God says. It says the day of the Lord. That means the day that he decides, it's, I'm done with the days of grace. I'm coming to set things into order. Judgment's coming on those that deserve judgment and, and the reviving and the restoring of his people to himself. And he says, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as travail upon a woman with child. And they shall not escape. But you, brethren, listen to what he's talking about. But you, brethren, talking to the church, are not in the darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. You are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and to be sober. I mean, he knows what I'm talking about. See, you already know you should be ready. You already know what I'm telling you is pointing to you. I'm sorry, but I, I'm really not sorry. I apologize if I hurt your little feelings, but I want to tell you the truth. Somebody, one day, the Holy Spirit through somebody pointed to me. They didn't point their little finger, but the Holy Spirit was pointing to me so much that I couldn't even look at the minister. I'd hide behind somebody. Because I thought, sure, he knew exactly what I was doing. You're there too. Why? Because God so lovingly loves you and he's still reaching out his hand to you. Don't you hear what I'm saying? Don't you, real, don't you realize how much God that made all things, that has written this book from beginning to end, if one word's true, it's all true. Because he wrote it. And if he wrote it's going to happen, it's going to happen. He goes on to say, therefore, verse 6, Therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. 
But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love. Don't you hear what he's saying? Put on faith. Make up your mind, Lord, I'm going to believe you. I'm going to believe what mama was telling me. I'm going to believe what daddy wanted me to do. I'm going to believe it with all my heart. I'm going to de dedicate my heart, my life to it. I need Jesus. That's all I need. You've heard it already this morning. That's what you need also. There's not one of us was born into this life from mom and dad that could have what this is, what you think you see here today. That only comes by us coming to Christ. Every one of us come the same way. Put on the breastplate of faith and of love and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us that whether we wake or sleep, whether we're awake or sleep, whether I'm standing here when Jesus comes back the Father says go get my children and we come home, whether I have to go through this roof somehow to go up, or whether they pull me out of the grave, Jesus said, I'm coming back for my church and my people that are ready. And it's coming. And if you ain't ready, all you'll do is wave goodbye. All you'll know is, I wasn't ready. I know I wasn't ready. Then he says, whether you wake or sleep, we shall live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also you do. In the second Thessalonians, the next thing he wrote to the Thessalonians, the second, uh, second book of Thessalonians, second chapter, the sixth verse. Listen to this. And it says, and now you know. Listen to what he's saying now. And now you know what withholds that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity does already work. Only he who now lets will let until he be taken out of the way. Who's he talking about? He's talking about the mystery of iniquity and the evil that's rising up right now in our land. You can see it. It ain't the same as it was when I grew up. I promise you things have gotten bad. Maybe my fathers and mothers said the same thing. Maybe their fathers and mothers said the same thing. But I'm going to tell you something. This is getting very obvious. This scripture is coming true. And I want you to be ready because he says, he says, what withholdeth? What is it withholds? What is it that restrains the evil from coming out? I can tell you what it is. It's the power of the Spirit of God in us. We're the church. That's why he's talking about this because when the church is gone, there will be no restraining to what the evil that's going on in our world. I turned the news on this morning. I told my wife, I said, it's violence everywhere. They had kids spinning cars in the middle of the street. As hard as they go, nobody's stopping them, nobody's doing anything, and they're showing off by spinning cars and burning rubber all over the place. And you know what? I'm not talking about having fun. I'm talking about defying the laws and defying everything that stands for right. They were on the expressway down here at Ezra Charles doing the same thing. Right after that, they showed it in another place where they were doing it. 
People are shooting people, going by on the expressway. You know what? The evil has came out, and it's coming out. You can laugh about it. You can think it's funny. You can think I'm a good shot. You can think anything you want to. But I'm going to tell you something. The judgment's coming, and God's only thing that's stopping the evil from completely, because our leaders ain't stopping it, the only thing stopping it is the restraint of God's people crying out to God for mercy. And if we don't pray against the enemy and against the evil, we shouldn't even be here. God might as well take us out of here. We're God's children. We're supposed to stand in the gap and stand for the truth. Not mad at nobody. I give you that big eye and all that. It doesn't mean I'm mad at you. But I believe that the Holy Spirit in the church, that's why the enemy fights so hard against the church that has the Spirit of God. He don't want us to. You know, it'd be good if we'd just come, sing a nice song, and everybody pat each other, be here 45 minutes to an hour, go home. Everybody gets to the restaurant, and everybody's happy today. But see, nobody gets saved if we don't let God have his way. We have to listen to the voice of God and try to obey what he's telling us to do because God knows you're here today. God knows I'm here today. He knows what I need in my life. I show up waiting for the songs. I wait for the spirit of God to flow through the place because I know there's needs all over the place. Verse 8, And then shall that wicked be revealed once, once the church is taken out. It says, when, then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. It don't take long for the Lord to take care of Satan and his problem. Lord comes back in his, in his brightness and he will smite him right now. It says, verse 9, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan. They talk about the Antichrist. With all power and signs and lying wonders. Do you know somebody's going to rise up and do signs and wonders? And they ain't going to be of God. This says it's going to happen. People are deceived today. They think good's good, uh, bad's good and good's, and good's bad. And they flip on everything going on. And it does it. It's not God's design. It's not God's domain. It's not God's design. DJ wrote a book on it. There's no God did not design us to be women. If He made you a man, and He didn't design you to be a a, a male if you're a female. Get over it. Sorry, you might be just a little bit of a a little sissy feeling every once in a while. You know what? I felt like a sissy a few times myself. But I can tell you right now, get over it. Don't let the enemy tell you that. Get up and be who God made you. I don't know how people get confused, but sometimes we do. And you know what? I, I, I tell you this, too, and I want you to understand this. My heart's broke for people. My heart's broke for families that are torn apart by these things. Why? Because I realize the enemy has got in and this leading and teaching that's come out from the enemy has got into hearts and destroying people. They're never the same. Some of them, are, they're trying to destroy our children. It 
It goes on to say, with all deceivableness and unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. If you don't accept the truth today of what I'm telling you, you can't be saved. I'm not telling you that I'm holding you back. I'm telling you, listen to the voice of the Spirit of God that's telling you, you know better. I know better. I didn't really have to have somebody to sit down in church, Carl, and read me what, I, what had it happened. All I knew is, and I remember going to the altar as a teenager, and I remember falling on my face and saying, God, I'm sorry, and I will serve you. That's all I remember saying. I didn't know how to pray, and I'd been raised in church because I'd stayed away from that altar. But when I came, I surrendered me. I came with me. Because I knew me was messed up. That's what the Spirit of God was calling me. It says, for, those, for this cause God shall send them strong delusion because they re refused the truth. That they should believe a lie that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but have pleasure in unrighteousness. On down to 1 Timothy. You've heard most of these scriptures, but I want you to hear what he's saying. In 1 Timothy 4, verse 1, Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing uh, spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, which God had created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. Why did I read that scripture? Because, see, they already know the truth. But they walked that way anyway. You know what? I got neighbors sometimes. They try their best to be nice to me. But every time I mention God, they run from me. You know what they're doing? They're rejecting the truth. Not that I'm anybody. I ain't nobody. I'm no more important than any of them in the neighborhood. But we get up, we go to church on church time, and we try our best to live for God. And then not a one of them has come to our door and tried to start some kind of story on somebody that I ain't told them, you know what? Have mercy on them. They might need a little mercy, just like we do. You know, I do my best to shut them off. I don't want to hear nobody's gossip. I don't want to hear nobody's criticism. I refuse to be what the enemy wants me to be. I want to love people. I want to reach out while I'm there. And they know the truth. Can I tell you, your neighbors know the difference. And they know the truth. Some of you, no matter where you've been, you knew when you met somebody that was really of God. You knew by who they were, by how they acted. And you know what? You may not have understood it all, but you walked away saying something different about that person. They don't talk about it. They walk it. They live it. It says, they speak lies and hypocrisy, have their conscience here, forbidding to marry. They know the truth, but they refuse it. In 2 Timothy 3, it says, starting in verse 1, you've heard this all your life. This know also, Paul's adding another what you already know. Listen to this. Because I don't care who you are or where you come from, you already know this is going on. This know also that in the last days. Do you believe it's the last days? I do. 
Now, you know what? might last 10 more years. It might last 10 more minutes. It might last for a while. It might not. I have no idea. Only the grace and the long-suffering of God knows because he's so patient. He could have came before ever got saved, and he'd still been justified to come because I didn't deserve to be saved. But he says, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Now listen to the people that it says the perilous times in the last days will be. Because you see it on the news all the time. It says men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemous. Sometimes I try to watch sports and I get so sick and tired of one of them bragging on the other all the time. He's the best that I ever seen. Ain't nobody can walk like him. And there, and you, you you go back to the classics and you listen to him talking. And here's an old guy standing there. He's got way overweight. And they said, Yeah, he was the best runner I ever seen. And he could hit like everything, you know. And I I look at him and I'm thinking, somewhere in your life, you need to get off yourself and get a hold of the fact that you need God. Because can I tell you, you can't live on what you did. Everything you've got a hold of here is temporary. He's trying to set you up for eternity. It says they're boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. Boy, that's that's shining today. Without natural affection. They are truce breakers. Can't trust none of them. We went and bought a refrigerator, and it was under warranty. Got it home. Had to take the doors off, my kids did, to get it in the door and get it set up, hook up the water line, plug it in, and it lit up and just sat there and wouldn't get cold. (laughs) Sat there for three days and wouldn't do nothing. So my wife says, it's under warranty. She calls them up, and you know what the lady says? If you'll pay us so much money, we'll come out and look at it. And she said, what? It's under warranty. Yeah, I know, but you still got to pay us to get to come out and look at it. She said, never mind. I'll go find me another one under warranty. And she said, so we're still sitting there. We're waiting to take it back, but it's going back. And I think to myself, you can't trust them. They're truce breakers. They break their word no matter what they say. And that's my own problems, I know. <laughs> they're false accusers. It says they're incontinent. Incontinent means... They're without self-restraint. How many sees that today? People don't stop at nothing. They'll, they'll, they beat up old people. They take advantage of children. And the laws don't even want to pass law against them. They don't even want to uh, call judgment on any of them. Fierce, despisers of those that do good. Traitors, heady, high-minded. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. And it says, from such turn away. And I think he's talking churches there too. Look out. Look out, because when they claim they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power, the only power that makes a difference in who they are. If you don't understand, when you get saved, Jesus saves you, and he says, I'll send you the Holy Spirit to dwell inside of you. Without the power of the Spirit of God, I won't have eyes to see and ears to hear. I know he's there. I know he's with me. But I need that 
urging of the Holy Spirit. I need that guidance of the Holy Spirit. He said, I send him and he will lead you and guide you into all truth and he will tell you about what Jesus wants you to do. He will lead you. You need the Holy Spirit. Why we have set it aside? Because we don't control it. We can't tell God how it's going to be. See, every one of us want to tell God just exactly how to do it. I know. I've seen it. It says, For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lust, ever learning, never able to come to the what? The knowledge of the truth. They'll never know the truth if they keep denying. You know when it says there that they lead it says, uh, of this sort, they, they which creep into houses. I was thinking about that. They creep into houses. They lead captive silly women laden with sins. Makes me think of them phone calls I get all the time. They're always trying to lure you into something. And you can't trust half the phone calls that they're telling the truth when they tell you. And they will constantly call our elders. I mean, you, you got to understand, when my mother was alive, they would call her daily, tell her, if you'll send $10, we're going to get rid of that president and put in another one. And I said, Mom, they're not going to take your $10 and hire a lawyer and get rid of that president and get another one. <coughs> Somebody's lying to you, Mom. And Mom was so aggravated with the one we had, she's ready to give them $10. <laughs> and they were selling her light bulbs from where? Canada? They were doing all kinds of stuff, not because my mom was stupid. Mom was a tender-hearted person. When somebody called and gave her a sad story, she wanted to help them. But that's what people do that are leading captives and creeping into houses. They're creeping through the Internet. Look out, people. They're creeping into your Internet. They're creeping into your phones. They're creeping into your, your homes that way. Oh, they don't sneak around and creep into your door, but they're coming in. And they're destroyed. Come on back up, Peggy. Second Peter, the third chapter, two verses, three and four. Listen to what Peter said. Knowing this first. See, I ain't talking to somebody I don't know. I'm talking to people that know. Even you that maybe doesn't come here right, you already know what I'm saying. Why? Because God has already dealt with you. He's already knocking on your door. And if you are not ready, you know that these words are pointing to you. Not because of me. I didn't stir this up to, to aggravate anybody. I want you to have a beautiful day with your mother. I want you to love her, and I want you to appreciate her. But I'll tell you right now, some things I never saw how much my mother cared for me till she was gone. When she was gone, it was too late. But I could see how she gave her life. She gave everything she ever had just to help me know the right path to go on. God had given her us children, and she was trying to give him, them back to God to say, God, take them home. Help them to be ready, for I want to live forever with them. They're the gifts that you gave me. 
Peter said, knowing this first, 2 Peter 3rd chapter, 3rd verse, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days mockers walking after their own lusts, saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since our fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. How many knows most every one of us has thought that? You've heard about him coming. You've heard about end time stuff, but you've really never seen it change. You know they thought that before Jesus came the first time. He came in a little manger. Who was there? Shepherds. The angels came and told the shepherds, there's a little boy being born down here. He's the son of God. And the shepherds went down. And they were the only ones there in that little place. The Son of God came into this life. How many knows things changed when Jesus came? Salvation was won by Jesus. He became one of us. He lived in this life with flesh and blood that hurt, pain, suffering. Some asked me one time, why? Somebody asked me one time, why did God let his son do all that suffering? Why? Because sin hurts. Sin is destructive. Sin costs something. Jesus, you know, and they, their ideal was God should have just said, yeah, here he is, laid him down, he died, it's over. No, it was a price to pay. He became you and me. He became a person of the flesh. Grew up. He grew up that way. He knew what his call was. Do you know what God has planned for you? Do you have any idea what God can do in your life? Do you have any idea if you would go around here and ask some of these Christians, you'd find out some of them was worse than you ever thought about being. But Jesus changed their life. He gave them a new heart. He gave them forgiveness that nobody else could give. He was worthy. The Father accepted his sacrifice, sacrifice for your sin and mine. And he's worthy to come to. He is the Savior of the world. It says in 1 John, the third chapter, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. Listen to this. Listen, Christian. But we know. See, I don't know what it's going to be to have a new body. I don't know what it means to have a glorified body. You know, read, read in the first part of Revelation where Jesus appeared to John the Revelator and he saw him in his glorified body and his eyes that shined and his hair that shined and the, and the uh, shining outfit that he had on. All the things that went along of his glorified body. Did you know we can't stand in this flesh in the presence of God, but we will get a glorified body. It's been promised by above. Jesus paid for it. And it says here, now we are the sons of God. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. Praise God. For we shall see him as he is. When I do my seeing, I heard uh, Yusef say this morning, he says, when I see you from my eyes, I imagine how it's going to be. 
I don't really know how it's going to be. I just imagine. But he said, I got a good imagination. I like that. You know what? Got imagination. I know it's going to be good. I don't know what it means to run on streets of gold. But I got a good imagination. I love it when I used to be a kid and could run barefooted. It didn't hurt my feet. Now I got shoes on, it still hurts my feet. But one day we'll be able to run on streets of gold. See, I believe in this future. I believe in the hope that Jesus gave us. This is a dead end, yet we know the great God above made this world. And he is our rescuer. He's your love of your life. You need him. Don't put it off to another day. You may not have another day. You're not getting saved for mama's sake. You get saved for your sake. Because soon and very soon, you're going to face him. You will face him and you will remember. See, I think as we read the 16th chapter of Luke where he talked about the, the rich man and the beggar, that went to, uh, went, one went to hell and one went to heaven. See, I think it's real clear that you'll have a conscience when you leave here. You'll know exactly where you are when you leave here. You'll know if you're in hell. The rich man knew he was in hell. He tried to send word, send somebody to my brother to tell him, don't come to this place. See, you're going to have knowledge of where you're at. You think death is just destruction of, it's destruction of your body, but you're going to live eternally somewhere, and you need to prepare yourself. I know this is a Mother's Day, and I want you to go and be happy. But can I tell you, be happy knowing Jesus. Be happy in your heart and know that God has saved your soul. He wants to save your soul. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you did. Bring it to him. You don't have to tell me. Tell Jesus right here. Just tell him. Say, Lord, I'm sorry for everything I've done. I'm sorry. If you'll receive me, if you'll forgive me, I will be your child. I'll serve you. One day at a time, all the days that I have, I will serve you. That's what God's waiting on today. And that's what this church is about. If we don't preach what that's about, can I tell you something? We might as well shut the doors. Because I, we don't want to entertain you. We want you to see Jesus. He can fulfill your heart and your life. He's the one that will fulfill your family. He's the one who will help you to rescue your own children. Show them a light of the gospel. Live it in front of them. Have that unconditional love that Jesus is teaching you. Everybody stand if you will. to be like me. You don't have to be like anybody else. All you got to be like is Jesus. Come to him. Put your faith, the little faith that God gave you. He gave me enough faith to know that there's something real going on here. He's given you that faith. You know that God's real. The Bible teaches all the way through it. Israel already knew. They knew God was there, but yet, what did they say? But we will not. We will not hearken to what you say. 
They rejected God. People are rejecting God every day. You have opportunity here today. I pray they're doing this in every church in the whole country. Because you know what? God has started this gospel in this country to reach out and touch people. If we don't reach out and tell people the gospel truth, you know what? We may well shut the doors because we're not doing God's work. Praise God. I want the Christians to pray. And I want you all to shut your eyes and and to drop your head. And I want you to reverence this time. If I could, I'd lock the doors until you came up here. But I ain't going to do that. You have to make this choice on your own. You have to say, Lord, I know I'm lost. I don't understand it all, but neither did I. None of us did. It ain't about how much you understand or how much you know. It's what He is speaking to your heart. You've got to accept it. And you've got to say, Lord, I hear you, and I know it's me. And I need to give my heart to you. Sold out for Jesus. Try it. I promise you, He'll reveal Himself to you. He'll show you what life is really about. He'll show you what hope is really about. You won't have hope in the computer. You won't have hope in your money. You won't have hope in other people. You'll have your hope in the Savior of the world. Place your life in His arms now. While they sing something, I want you to pray. And if you're here today and you don't know Christ, I want you to come. We're not going to do anything bad to you. We're not going to pour a bunch of oil over you or do anything. We're just going to pray with you. And if you need to understand what to do or what to pray, somebody will show you in the Scripture. But Jesus loves you today. And I believe He's reaching out to every heart. So you come while you sing. I hear the sound of a mighty rushing It's closer now than it's ever been. I can almost hear the trumpet as Gabriel sounds the call at the Prophecies fulfilling 
signs of the time they're appearing everywhere I can almost hear the father
would like for every one of us to grab a hand next to us. And we're going to pray. And you know what our prayer is going to be? That your row, your circle, will not be broken. Everyone in your row, you'll see them in heaven. I want so much to see all my kids and my grandkids in heaven. They, God gave them to me to get them ready. And some of them's not ready. I want to get a hold of them and just hold them till that day comes. So I want you to pray. I want you to hold on to somebody's hand and believe together that the circle will not be broken. Precious Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you, Lord, that you still care, dear Lord, and you know the hearts and the lives, dear God, that's at stake. Help us, O oh Lord, to stand in the gap, Lord, to pray and to seek your face, Lord, for everything that needs to happen. Lord, if it brings the rain, if that's what it takes, God, bring the rain, Lord. Whatever troubles and heartaches, Lord, but don't let our circle be unbroken, Lord. I pray, God, let your will be done in every life, Lord. Draw us together. Let the mother's and the father's prayers be heard today. Lord, touch, dear God, our lost loved ones, our children. Touch, dear Lord, our families and keep us, dear Lord, in love with you. Help us, Lord, to reach out, dear God, and convince someone that Jesus still loves them. We thank you, dear God, for this day. We thank you for everyone that's here. We thank you for, your, for the patience, Lord, of each one of them, Lord. I love you. I thank you, Jesus. Lord, reach out and touch, dear God, with your grace and mercy. No one loves us like you do, Lord. Sometimes as parents, we think we love, but then we see God's love, and we realize, Lord, we're just coming short so much. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to believe you and to trust you. We pray for the opportunities, Lord, to speak your truth and to love someone into the kingdom. We give you praise for what you've done this day. In Jesus' holy name, we thank you. Amen.